Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your cities upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Grace for This City podcast. I'm Justin, and we are so glad that you are with us today. We are well into the new year, 2024, and uh, we're going to talk about putting the word first. I think that'll be kind of maybe something we kind of come back to and check in on throughout the course of this year. It's very important. If you listen to the last episodes starting this year, We're talking about putting the word first. I want to talk about today the agency that's in the word. So if you've got a Bible, we'll jump right into this. We're going to look at the agency that is in the word. Mark chapter 4 is a good place to find this or to see this in operation here. There's a passage in verse 26 that I think is profound. So while you're getting uh, your Bible or pulling out your phone or whatever, Also, if you need something to write down some notes, sometimes I text myself, especially if I'm mobile and I'm not where I have notepad and paper, you can text yourself notes. But if something jumps out to you, those things are very important. Something leaps up to you. That's the word of the Lord. That's a rhema. And you can grab hold of that. That's something you would want to meditate on or think about, or it's a thought or a phrase that the Lord's doing something specifically in you. It just really connected with what God is doing in you at that moment. So pay attention to those kinds of things. But the Word of God is amazing. Again, if you listen to the first two episodes, we were talking about that God wants you to have a relationship with the Word just like He did. We looked at John 1.1, in the beginning was the Word. The Word always comes first. And then it was pros, it was close, it was vulnerable. And we also need to be vulnerable with the word. If you're looking out at uh, the culture today, you can see where people, their hearts are growing cold to the word. They're picking and choosing. They're saying, well, I don't like what that says, or I don't think that's what that means. Well, listen, you just let the word minister to you and just it's plain, simple reading and understanding. Holy Spirit will bring more as you get into it. You get the seed of that word in you. It'll produce understanding in you. But a lot of people are growing cold to the word. And I want to encourage you, friend, that's that's a dangerous place to be when you start saying, well, I don't like what that says. I don't agree with it. And so I'm going to maybe uh, put it over here and not allow it to minister to me or not allow it to say to me what it's trying to say to me. You know, from this perspective, we kind of laugh at that. We think, man, do people really do that? Well, listen, you can just listen to the culture. And I'm talking about the state of the culture in the, the greater church. People are pulling away from the authority of the word, the inerrancy of the word. They're saying it's full of contradictions and errors. That's why, just what they're saying, because it's full of contradictions and errors, then I get to choose what's right or what's wrong. Man, friends, that is dangerous. But the word of God is living, and it has within itself supernatural ability to perform on our behalf. It is likened, we're going to see this to a seed, that when planted of itself or by itself, I'm going to show you that phrase, powerful phrase, of itself or by itself, this seed will begin to grow and produce something that you and I then are able to draw upon later when it takes upon itself fruit or it comes into 
maturity, then we can draw from it. That's when the word begins to speak to you. That's when the word begins to counsel you, guide you, direct you. Sometimes people get into to the word and they kind of skim through it and then they go, man, I just didn't get anything out of that. Well, you really didn't allow the word to minister to you. You really didn't allow the word to produce in you a harvest of understanding. If you approach the word as, hey, I only have one minute to you know, get my four or five verses done so I can check off this list so I feel better about myself, you're not going to get much from the word, friends. Uh, you've got to put yourself in a vulnerable position in front of the word in order to really reap the benefits of the word. All right, Mark chapter 4, look at verse 26. Powerful passage in general. The whole chapter is powerful and profound. But there's a little snippet here in these couple verses that we're going to talk about today. Notice what it says, verse 26. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. Uh, Verse 28. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. All right, right here, friends, is a powerful picture of the agency that's in this word. There's something supernatural that's in the seed of the word. Now, we know that the sower in Mark 4, we know that the sower ultimately is referring to the the vine dresser himself, the husbandman himself, the cultivator himself. That's Father God. And uh, then uh, we know that the seed that's being sown is the word. So the Father has sown the word into the earth, and he's looking to get that seed into hearts of men. So soil here is referring to the spirit of man, not necessarily the mind. Um, This is not the point of my podcast, but a lot of people get that confused. They uh, link together as the same thing, spirit and soul. They're not the same. The Bible tells us that in Thessalonians, for example, it gives us uh, that God is perfecting us spirit, soul, and body. There's three different parts. Some people, again, link spirit and soul being the same. But the seed of the word is not intended to just rest in the mind. No, it's intended. The soil that the Bible talks about is the heart of man or the spirit of man. What happens is the seed of the word gets in there and it begins to produce and it will light up on your mind. And then what your mind does, according to Romans, what your mind does is it is designed to agree with what's coming up out of your spirit. The word is sown into your spirit or to your heart. Out of the heart, remember, out of the heart, up from the heart, out of the abundance of the heart. These are phrases throughout the New Testament. Out of the heart, then, there's something that's produced in that spiritual soil, in the spiritual man. The word and your heart know exactly what to do. Out of that, something will light upon your mind. Your mind then is to agree with what's happening in your spirit. Then your mind, once it agrees, it can disagree. You know this process. Stuff is happening on the inside of you, 
And all the time, you're sometimes you agree and sometimes you don't. The goal is that we agree all the time with what's coming up out of our spirit. But it'll light up on our mind. Then our mind will give command to the physical body to obey. Sometimes the physical body doesn't want to obey. But we make our body, the Bible calls it a tent. It's temporary housing. It's what you and I see. It's the natural thing that you and I see. It's the physical body. It's the flesh. We make that our servant. So the body responds to the mind, the command of the mind, the brain, the control center, which is in agreement with your spirit. That's the order that should be uh, how you and I are operating. So the word targets the soil, not your mind. You don't believe with the mind. The Bible says, Romans 10, that you believe with the heart. You don't believe with the mind. You agree with the mind. You don't believe with it. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. Listen, your mind is aware of all kinds of things. It's a fascinating uh, piece of your uh, makeup, your physical body. But the mind sometimes is processing so many different things. It's kind of like the link between what's happening in your spirit and what's happening in the physical uh, realm. Sometimes your body is kicking it, uh, kicking back to your mind, uh, pain or uh, you know heat, cold, touch, sight. I mean, all this data of the natural realm is coming in to the mind, but at the same time, you also have data via the spiritual realm coming up to your mind. Sometimes your mind wrestles it knows what it should do because your spirit man is telling it. It's unction. It's it's revelation knowledge. It's uh, understanding. Uh, it, 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 it your spirit's telling your mind what your mind should do, but then your physical body is telling it what it doesn't want to do or how it's feeling. And many times it's kind of a battle. It's a wrestle at times in the mind. But The point is, is that God doesn't sow the word into your mind. He sows the word into your heart. That's the soil. And there is a production of understanding that comes up. Again, you don't believe with the mind. If you believed with the mind, then you'd get in trouble. And sometimes people believe what's going on in their mind, but you got to understand that the mind is like this hot mess of all kinds of data from the natural plus information from the spirit realm and it has to choose what it is going to act upon. All right. So he says that the kingdom is as if a man should sow the word. And uh, ultimately, we know that the seed is the word of God. The soil is the heart. Now, here's what happens. It gets into the ground. That's the object. That's, where we're, that's, what, that's what we're going for. We want to get the word into the heart. And then it says that this man uh, should sleep by night and rise by day. Oh, this is very important here because sometimes we intellectualize uh, what's happening in this whole process. It's like we get into the Bible and suddenly we think that uh, we're reliant 100% upon our natural intellect in order to glean or to get from the word. That's part of the problem we're seeing now. People are laying over top of the word their own understanding. Well, no wonder stuff is getting all messed up. I mean, right now there are, and I don't want to spend time on this podcast right now. I probably need need to. I haven't yet dove into it because you get censored and blocked and, um, you know, YouTube, Facebook, and other platforms, they monitor certain keywords. And so I haven't really dealt, uh, dove into 
some of the cultural issues that are happening. But there are things going on right now that any, you know, uh, person that's guided by biblical morality, although that's what's up for question right now, but there's a lot of perversion going on. And they're justifying it, not scripturally, though, but what they're doing is they're adding human reason to it. They're, they're overlaying on the simple word of God. They're adding to it human emotion and human reasoning, reasoning and then coming up with this way uh, to try and approve of certain actions or activities. And, and, and it's this interesting battle going on because you're listening to it and you're going, how in the world are they concluding that? Well, because they're adding intellect or they're putting man's, there's too much uh, headiness, too much flesh being added into the mixture of the word. And you're getting this concoction that is just off the wall. You, the, the word of God doesn't need your intellect. It needs your heart. It's not being sown into your mind. It's being sown into your heart with the heart you believe, not with the mind. And sometimes the word demands of some hard things. Some, sometimes the word uh, is saying that you have to make some, uh, you know, solid uh, different differentiation between certain things. You know, the word divides, remember this, the word divides between the heart and the soul. Again, a lot of people make those things uh, one. They say that the soul and the spirit of man or the heart of man is one. The Bible says it's two, and the word is the only thing that can separate those two and make a distinction between what is soulish and what is spiritual. Again, uh, because a lot of people say that the spirit and the soul must be one, everything they're thinking, they must, I guess they've concluded that if I'm thinking it, then it must be spiritual. And this is, again, this is how you wind up with so many ministers and ministries that are, uh, uh, let's see, what's the word here? There's a word that I was thinking of. They are approving. They're affirming of so many things where in the Bible you can go, man, doesn't it condemn that? Like right here and right here and right there and over here and over here and over there, doesn't it condemn that way of living, that lifestyle? those actions, those decisions, those thoughts, that lust, doesn't it condemn that? And yet you got so many ministers who are who have these messages. They may have one or two verses, but most of it is a soulish message that they've reasoned or concluded because I'm thinking it, it must be true. No, friends, only the word can separate and bring a dividing line between what is truly spirit and what is truly flesh or carnal or soulish. And again, the word's landing point is not the mind. The, the word is not designed to land in your mind or be sown into the mind. It'll light up on your mind out of the heart. But again, you agree with the mind. You don't believe with the mind. You believe with the heart. And there are so many people. You, now, what I'm saying is you, you might be saying, uh, or let me say it like this, what I'm saying might sound confusing, but it's because we have blurred the lines of distinction between what is soulish, what is fleshly, what is carnal. We've blurred those lines, the separation between what is spirit and what is truth. Okay. So he's going to sow the word. It's going to be sown into your heart. 
what's going to happen when it so uh, is sown into your heart is the mind is unfruitful. Remember, Paul talked about this. There is a period of time where you're in the word and your mind is unfruitful. Again, people start reaching or grasping for straws, say, because they're trying to make sense of something spiritual using the level of intellect or knowledge that they currently have. Friends, that's a problem. And there is a period of time where that word is being sown in you and your mind is unfruitful. And you don't have to make something up. If nothing lights up on your mind, you don't have to rush into something. You can wait until the full harvest of the seed has produced unction or direction for your mind to agree with and then give command to follow uh, through with. Uh, You know that verse in Proverbs that says that the word is a what? Is a lamp unto, unto my feet. Well, then if you don't have light, if you don't have understanding of your next move, then I wouldn't move anywhere. We, you know, what's happening is, 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 is the churches, there's a lot of idle filler. There are questions being asked of the world. And because so much of the church has not had the word in their heart, they didn't know how to answer. And so instead of waiting for the truth, they are sharing lies. They are telling these people, uh, yeah, what you're doing is fine. And I'm telling you, friends, wow. I mean, I'm, I'm saying a whole lot in this podcast right, right now. But I'm telling you, the day of reckoning is just ahead, friends. And we're already seeing it right now. We're already seeing the reality of the carnal man, even in ministry, even behind the pulpit. We're seeing right now the carnality of the church being exposed on a lot of levels. And I'm saying the problem with that is because we tried to give an answer that made sense, sensible, sense knowledge, fleshy, carnal. We tried to give an answer that made sense to a fleshly world instead of giving them the truth, which is spirit and life, and it has muddied the waters. In fact, it is condemning people right now. That's the sad state of affairs at the end of the day. And these same ministers that are feeding this trash to these lost folks are going to suffer the same condemnation in many ways, if not totally, of these ones that just want uh, the lust of their flesh just given back to them. They want permission to indulge in their carnality. So I'm giving you strategy of how not to fall into that trap, friends. You're going to wait on the word. You're not going to rush out here and do a bunch of stuff unless you have a leading. If the word is a light into our path, then you don't need to go anywhere until you have that light illuminating your next steps. So what do you do? You wait patiently. You be still and know that he is God. You set yourself in the rampart and you wait to see what he will say to you. You don't have to be out here going a million miles an hour in 500 different things until you know exactly what you're supposed to do. This, my friends, is the agency. This is the agency. This is the supernatural gift of having the word of God and sowing it into our heart. 
you may get into the Bible and not find an answer right away. What are you going to do? You are not going to make something up. My goodness. You're going to wait, continue to put that word in you, and then guess what? That word's going to uh, speak to you. And this is what this is saying. He, he said, that word is sown into his heart. And what does the man do? He goes to sleep at night. And then what's he do the next day? He gets up, goes about his business. And the idea here is that this process is repeated however long until, notice what it says here, his spirit begins to work with that word. Verse 28 says, for the earth or your heart yields crops by itself. Well, it's got a catalyst. The seed is sown in there. The seed of the word in your heart, uh, any seed and ground, dirt, soil, know exactly what to do. They were designed to work together. But here, your natural man, your natural man, your will, your intellect is not necessary outside of choosing to have the seed sown into your heart. You have to choose to get in front of the word. You have to choose to read it, choose to hear it, choose to keep it in your eyes, choose to meditate on it. But outside of that, once that seed is in there, uh, no part of your will or intellect is required uh, for this process to begin to take place on the inside of you, you just go to sleep at night. What's happening? Something's happening. Something supernatural is happening. Uh, something is happening under uh, underground, within your heart, within your spirit. That word is beginning to produce on the inside of you. Your heart's working with that seed. That seed is working with your heart. You're going to sleep, naturally speaking. You're going to go to sleep tonight. You're going to wake up tomorrow. You're going to go to work. You're going to do what you know to do. You're going to go to sleep the next night, cast cares. You're going to wake up the next day. You're going to do what God has assigned you to do, what he has called you to do as far as you understand. But what's happening, quote, behind the scenes? What's happening within your spirit, man? What's happening in the spiritual realm? Well, something's producing. And it says here that this guy, he's going to go to sleep at night. He's going to wake up the next day. And and it says he himself does not know how, does not know how what? Well, what, uh, it's not that we don't technically know what happens, you know, with, with the seed and with the soil and how that seed uh, gets planted and then, you know, spits out roots and begins to grow. I mean, scientifically speaking, we have a pretty decent grasp on that. A better way of saying he does not know how is meaning he has no responsibility in it. Once he sows it and chooses to not pluck the seed up outside of that, he doesn't have any responsibility. Now all the responsibility is on the seed, come on, and the heart to work together to produce what? It says, for the earth yields crop, first the blade, then the head, after that the full grain in the head. Now look at this in verse 29. Then man comes back into uh, play here because now he can look, and suddenly there's what? The harvest has come. And then he says in verse 29, that's when the man, what? Reaches in with the sickle and begins to pull out. He begins to partake of what? The results of that seed producing. So here's how that would work uh, maybe in this scenario here. Because I hear a lot of people say, well, you know, I just don't get into the word much. Uh, You know, I'm not a good reader or I just don't understand what I read. Well, understanding does not come first. Reading, or we can say it like this, feeding, or we can even add this, seeding. Reading, feeding, seeing. Uh, What's greater than reading would be seeding or sowing. 
and then feeding on the word. Now that's another thought we'll add into another podcast, but in Peter, he says, as newborn spiritual beings, we desire the milk of the word that we may grow. So that's where the feeding comes from. It's less about reading, more about feeding. But people get thrown off because they read and they don't understand. Well, the understanding will come as a byproduct of the seed of the word producing understanding, producing uh, wisdom and counsel. You know, there's a verse in Psalms that it says he gives, his word gives light and his word gives understanding to the simple. That's a verse in Psalms. What, what is that? That's the agency. You don't get understanding before, come on, you put the word in there. If you put the word in there, then what will happen is that word, the agency in that word will begin to produce a harvest of understanding for you or counsel or wisdom or direction, guidance. If his word is a lamp unto your feet, how do you get that light illuminating a decision that you have to make? Well, you got to get the word in there. You're not going to get that understanding if you don't sow that word. And you say, well, what word do I sow? Well, specifically, you could look up passages that deal with understanding or wisdom or counsel. But, but let me tell you this, friend. You could sow any part of the word, and it's going to minister direction to you. You could start anywhere. You could flop and stop. And I tell you, you're going to be okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. There's life in this word. This word is living. This word is living. Now, praise God, we've got tools at this point that help to uh, section or segment or divide the scriptures into certain topics or ideas or thoughts. Like there's the word on healing. And we do healing schools uh, at our church and ministry. And so we only deal with the topic or the subject or the passages that deal with healing. Well, why would we zero in on that? Well, because we're sowing that word on healing. And what's going to be the byproduct or the production or the harvest of a seed that's called or destined to be healing for you? Remember in Psalm 107 verse 20, he sent his word and healed them. Well, we want that word. How, how would we separate just those healing words? Well, like I said, we have tools today that will help you find all the scriptures that deal with healing. I have a book. It's called The Word on Healing. And it's all of the scriptures that deal specifically contextually with healing in the Old and New Testament. And so you could just study that book right there. You could just get that word, the seed of that word right there. If you need healing in your physical body, you could get into the word on healing and just keep your eyes on it, put it in your ears, meditate on it, speak it to yourself, confess it, declare it, uh, uh, memorize it if you want to. But if you'll keep that word in you, guess what that word's going to do? It's going to produce a harvest of revelation of God's will concerning healing for you. This is what we're talking about here. This is the agency. But I'm just saying, let's say you don't have any of those tools. If you just did a flop and stop anywhere, there is so much power in that word. Any of his words, I'm telling you, friends, is going to get you on track. You could start in Genesis, start in Revelation, just flip somewhere in the middle of the book somewhere. It doesn't matter. Just get that word in you. But then as you begin to get into that word, what's going to happen? It will produce understanding, revelation. You will suddenly go back to a passage where maybe when you first started, you read through there and you're like, man, I don't understand any of that. 
Well, give it time, friends. Don't put your mind on it. Believe that it got down in your heart. And then when your heart begins to illuminate you, something will light up on your mind one day. Suddenly, you'll be back in that same section. And now your mind is fruitful when before it was unfruitful. Again, a lot of the problems that we're seeing out here in the world is because people are not allowing the seed of the word to produce on the inside of them and say, this is the way. I am truth. This is the way that you should go. Remember, the word became flesh. Jesus said, I am the what? Remember that? He said, I am the what? I am the way. I am the what? He said, I am the way. And what else? He said, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth. And he said, I am life. Listen, it. you may not have, you know, and, and I don't, I don't use this expression in my personal life, but, but you know, when people say, Oh, mind blown, they go mind blown. Oh, my mind's blown. You may not have that aha moment when you first get into these things, friends. But if you will allow that word, if you'll trust that that word is getting planted in your heart, suddenly one day you're going to go about your business, but you're going to keep feeding. You're going to go about your business, but you're going to keep sowing. It's, it's less about reading. Obviously, you may have to read it. You may have to hear it. You may put it in front of your eyes. You got to put it in your ears. But I'm saying it's less about reading. And it's more about the feeding and the sowing. And once that seed, come on, takes upon itself a harvest because it's produced on the inside of you, you'll be back in, in a section. And suddenly now it'll be mind blown. You'll be like, whoa, that's what that means. And it's not because you laid on top of it your own understanding. Well, I'm telling you, that's what messes people up. If you're honest, if you're genuinely pure hearted, the Bible says in Luke that the word produces best in noble and pure hearted people. And here's, here's why, because if you're honest and you're asked a question, you can look inside and say, you know what? I really don't know the answer to that. Uh, now your flesh will say, well, say this. Your, 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 your carnal desires may want to weigh in, but if you're honest, you know, people say, go with your gut, follow your heart. That's what I'm talking about right there. I'm talking about honest people who have the wherewithal to just check in. What do I really believe about this or what do I really know about this? And somebody can ask you a question and you say, you know what? I don't know but I'm going to go before the Lord because the Bible says, if you lack wisdom, let him ask. So I'm going to go before the Lord and before the word. And I'm going to say, I thank you, Father, that you're going to lead me and guide me in this. And if you'll give it time rather than just spitting out some sort of answer, you think somebody wants to hear. This is the problem with the world. Okay. The world, unsaved people, people destined right now for hell are demanding the church give them a pass. And I'm saying there's a lot of disingenuous and dishonest people, even in the church, Lord help us all, that are just giving people a pass on their own carnality. But I'm saying honest people would say, well, what does the word say? Like, I need to go and find out what does God say about this? Now, friends, that may put you in an interesting position. That may actually put you in a place where you are now set up to be persecuted. But if you're honest, friends, you'll go into that word and you'll allow that word to answer you. 
you allow the word to give you direction. You will allow the word to speak up what is the way, the truth, and the life. And that will be what you act upon. That will be what you're waiting for. And the Bible says this, that if you don't know, see that all this is in Mark 4. We're just working with that passage, Mark 4, 26 through 29, okay? I'm expounding on it, but, but the man wasn't able to reach in with the sickle yet and was partake of the fruit of whatever, wisdom, counsel, provision, healing, uh, protection, whatever, until that word produced. So I'm encouraging you, friend, as, as we're kind of talking about putting the word first this year, don't rush out until the word has produced something for you to lay hold of, to root yourself in, to build upon a foundation. It, it, it may be of faith, but a foundation, even in a dark place, but you'd have a solid footing of the counsel of the word to be able to move your life forward with. Hallelujah. All right, I'm out of time. And I hope you got something out of that today. We're talking about the agency, the agency of the word, the supernatural agency that's in the word. And listen, friends, if you'll just get in your heart, it will produce of itself by itself. Doesn't need your help. All it needs you to do is get it in your heart. And then when it produces, it asks you to partake of it. Hallelujah. All right, friends. Listen, if we can pray for you, it'd be our honor to do so. You know how it works. You can call us 870-741-9099. Leave a message. One of our prayer partners will respond with you. Or if you prefer email, you can send us an email to hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Or we also have our website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash prayer. All right, friends. Thank you so much for joining me today. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. And until next time, be blessed.